We're glad you could join us today for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. This program is dedicated to teach you how to put the Word of God to work so that it will make a positive difference in the everyday circumstances of your life. And now, here's Charles Caps. Now see, we're talking about, does God send sickness? No, God does not send sickness. The scriptures will bear that out very vividly in the New Covenant. Now, look at Matthew, the 12th chapter, verse 25. And Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city and house divided against itself shall not stand. If Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How shall then his kingdom stand? Now, somebody said, well, what's that have to do with this subject? Well, just this. If God is making people sick and healing them, his kingdom is divided against itself. God cannot make you sick so he can heal you. If he does, his kingdom is divided against itself. And Jesus himself said, it shall not stand. And we know that God's kingdom shall stand. Now, verse 33, either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt, for a tree is known by his fruit. In other words, God who is good and God who is full of life and in him is light and there is no darkness at all cannot bring darkness out of himself and put sickness on you. But when you walk in darkness, then you open yourself to it. So now let's notice then, as we go to John's Gospel, the ninth chapter. Here's a very familiar passage of Scripture, and this is where people get a lot of their ideas that God sends sickness and God does these things. But let's take a look at it. John chapter 9, verse 1. And as Jesus passed by, saw a man that was blind from his birth, and his disciples asked him, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, Neither has this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day, for the night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Now I've heard people read this and say, You see, Jesus said that this man was born blind so that God could work the works of God in him. And so God does make some people sick so he can heal them and get glory. Now you know, if God is that schizophrenic, then we got problems. In this world, as evil as it is, if you could prove that any person in here made their child be blind so they could get them to a healing meeting and lay hands on them and get them healed, you know what would happen to them? Wicked men would put them in prison. If you could prove that any man made his child have cancer, wicked men will put you in prison for life. But yet people blame our Heavenly Father for doing that. I think we better rethink this thing. Now listen to what he says. Listen to the question. His disciples ask him, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? The question is this. Was this man born blind because of his parents' sin or his sin? Now see, that's foolish to us, but in that day, the Jews believed that a child could sin in his mother's womb. That's the reason they asked the question that way. Now... 
There's two things that he can say, or three things really. He can say, well, it was the child, or it was the parents, or neither. That's the three answers that can be answered there. Now listen to what Jesus said. Neither has this man sinned, nor his parents. In other words, it wasn't either one of those. Now when you can interpret a scripture, literally do so. That's the rule of thumb of interpreting the Bible. Now, can you take this literally, what he said? Neither has this man sinned, nor his parents. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So you can't take that literally. You know the man had sinned because all have sinned. But he said that wasn't the reason he was born blind. But that the works of God should be manifest in him, I must work the works of him that sent me. Now, if you punctuate this just a little different. You see, in the Greek, there was no punctuation. It's been punctuated the way they thought it should go. And I think they've done a good job with what information they had. <laughs> but now let's look at it this way. Jesus said, neither. There was neither one of those that were right. So it wasn't the man's sin or his parents because he'd be born blind. But that the works of God should be manifest in him, I must work the works of him that sent me. If the works of God are going to be manifest in him, I must work the works of God. Now see, people say, well, now, he was made blind so he could be healed and give God the glory. Now let me show you that that is an impossibility for that to be the true interpretation of this. I must work the works of him that sent me. Now, what did he do? He spit on the ground and took the clay and put it in the man's eye. And he said, now go wash in the pool of Siloam. And the man went and washed and came seeing. Now, what did Jesus say? I must work the works of him that sent me. All right, when he worked the works of him that sent him, the man was healed. So if the blindness was the work of God, then Jesus was found destroying the works of his father. But the Bible says in 1 John, for this purpose was the Son of God manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. That proves the blindness was the work of the devil. The ultimate cause of it was the work of the devil. It could have been injury by birth, but anyway, the devil was behind it. And Jesus came to work the works of God. So the work of God was not the blindness. The work of God was the healing and restoration. I don't know about you, but I've talked myself happy. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So just know this, that God's on your side. God wants you healed. God wants you well. Now, let's finish this up. Go on over there to the 11th chapter while we're in John. They sent a runner down there to tell Jesus that Lazarus, whom thou lovest, is sick. Verse 3, John 11, verse 3. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified thereby. Now you hear people all time say, Well, now you see, Jesus said that this sickness was for the glory of God. I'm going to prove to you that that is not what Jesus said. I mean, he did say that, but that was not the true interpretation of that verse. When you can do so, interpret it literally. 
Now listen to what Jesus said. This sickness is not unto death. Can you take that literally? If you do, you make Jesus a liar because the man was dead. The man died. I don't believe Jesus is a liar, do you? So what he's saying is the end results of this sickness will not be death, but the end results of this whole matter will bring glory to God. Now notice what happened. Jesus stayed two more days, and then he went down there. Now on the way down there in verse 11, These things said he, after that he saith to them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. And they said, Well, Lord, if he's sleeping, he doeth well. <laughs> now, see, we get criticized for making faith confessions sometimes. This is the faith confession of Jesus. Amen. And they misunderstood him. You know what Jesus is saying? He's saying this because he does not want to establish death. The man is already dead. He's already dead. He was dead when the runner got to Jesus. Either that or he died immediately. I'll prove that to you in just a little bit. Our friend Lazarus sleepeth. He would not confess that he's dead. Finally, he said to him, Lazarus is dead or died. Now, I looked this up in the interlinear Greek, verse 14. Jesus said Lazarus died. It's translated dead here. There's a difference in somebody that died and somebody that is dead. What Jesus did, he worded his conversation so he would not undo what he had already established in verse 4. The end results of this will not be death. He finally explained to him that Lazarus died. Now he comes on down and he tries to get him to roll the stone away. And they didn't want to because they said, Lord, but now he stinketh. He's been dead four days. Now notice, when Jesus heard it, they had sent a runner down there. It was about 17 to 18 miles to where Jesus was. That took a runner about a day to get there. Jesus stayed two more days. That's three days. And then Jesus went down there. That took a day. And when he got there, he said he's been dead four days. He was dead the same day the runner got there. And Jesus knew it. But now notice what Jesus did. He lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. Well, he hadn't said anything yet, has he? Oh, yeah, he did four days ago. Lord, you heard me four days ago when I said the end results of this will not be death. And I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of these people that stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And then he said, Lazarus, come forth. And I can just see old Peter saying, oh, dear God, he's gone to talking to dead people now. Oh, his ministry is going down the drain. I'll have to go back to fishing. But about that time, John said, but look, Peter. And all the embarrassment was gone. And you see, that was what glorified God. The resurrection was what glorified God. Not the sickness, nor the death. Can you say amen? Now, before I leave the broadcast today, I want to remind you that our CD offer this week is CD offer number 7241. This is the last day for this offer. It's called What Are Doctrines of Devils? Two CDs for $15 plus $4 postage and handling, total of $19. 
Now, in 1 Timothy, the fourth chapter, the Apostle Paul said, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. He goes on to name a lot of what it was there. This is an informational series, and it'll help you understand how to rightly divide the word of truth. Jesus said in John 10.10, 10, A thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and to destroy. But he said, I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Abundantly. That's the dividing line of the Bible. And what we need to realize is that Jesus said, If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Well, what did Jesus do? You have any scripture in the Bible that reveals that Jesus gave cancer or sickness, disease to anyone, then you might could think some of these things that you hear people say, that God sends these things to make us stronger. No, you hear people say all kinds of things, but they attribute it to wrong doctrine. They don't understand that God is a good God and Jesus heal the sick, did good to everyone, and then how can you blame that on the Father when people say that God gave them sickness or God gave them some kind of disease to teach them something? Well, if he did, learn it and get over it. But we know he didn't because Jesus never made anyone sick. He always healed the sick, raised the dead, cast out demons, and did things that were good. This is an informational series I believe will help you and guide you in life. That's CD offer number 7241, two CDs for $15 plus $4 postage and handling, total of $19. We have a toll-free order line, 1-877-396-9400, 1-877-396-9400. Until Monday, this is Charles Capps reminding you that the enemy is defeated, God is exalted, and Jesus is coming soon. To order the product offered today, call 1-877-396-9400 or write Charles Caps, P.O. Box 69, England, Arkansas, 72046. A complete list of CDs, books, and DVDs are available online at charlescaps.com. Through the website, you can listen to this radio program again and subscribe to our podcast. This broadcast is sponsored by Charles Capps Ministries and our listeners in this area.